Hey, hey, welcome back. I am so glad you're here. Last week we shared, we talked about saying yes to yourself. Today I'm talking about owning your space. But at the end, I have something special for you. I am starting a workshop and it's going to start, well, you'll get the details at the end of this. But no, if you are ready to stop striving through life and start thriving, this workshop it is for you. And I know that sounds huge. Like, how do I start thriving? It seems overwhelming. But what I do is I break it down into manageable steps and actions and a journey because not everyone's journey is the same. And when we try to do the things that other people have done, it frustrates us because what they've done works for them. It may not work for you. And I don't know why, because it seems like it should. So listen to the end and this workshop, sign up. It's free. Come to it and Let's learn how to thrive through life and stop surviving and stop allowing time to pull us through because this is not what we are created to be or created to do. So with that, let's dive in. Hi friend. I am so excited that you're here to check out her restored spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse, or even a child loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope, a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration, unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. Hello, and welcome back to Her Restored Spirit podcast. My name is Tammy, and I'm your host. And last week we talked about saying yes. We started, we talked about saying yes to yourself and sometimes you have to do it over and over and over. But by doing that, you start to understand, you start to recognize that you have choices and then saying yes to yourself can actually elevate you, could actually keep you moving forward. And so today we're going to jump in and we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to own your space. So you've said yes, and sometimes we say small yeses. We say them over and over and recommit to whatever our our actions, our purpose, our, our life, like whatever we want, we will say yes to. And we can do those small micro steps. But if we don't step in and own our space, And I say this because I see so many women have these big dreams, have these big ideas, these these visions, but they're stuck in, well, if we're really honest, we're stuck in our own head and we're stuck in the, this feeling of what we've been, you know, one thing as Christians, we grow up and we're told not to be prideful. We're told to... Um, you know, even, and it's definitely not the way now, but you know, we back in the day in the eighties and the early nineties and before 
you were kids were to be seen and not heard. Well, if you really look at it, you were actually not to be seen or heard. You were supposed to um, comply. You were supposed to just do what people tell you to do. But you weren't taught to stand in your own strength. You weren't taught to stand in what you know and what you do and what you're good at. And so when I say own your space, I mean the physical space that you're standing in. Recognize that you are meant to be there, that that is your area, that's your bubble, that's your, you can stand there proudly because you are worthy to stand there proudly, because you've said yes to yourself, because you've said yes to, or even before you say yes to yourself, like that's a huge thing. Saying yes to yourself is very vulnerable and and it's a and it's a big deal, even if we start with little yeses. But when I say own your space, and I'm when I'm talking about the physical side of it, it's stand tall, stand proud, and recognize that you are worthy simply by being you. And where your feet are, if you stretch out your arms, that's your space. And it's okay that you're there. You don't have to hide that it's okay to be visible. Being visible does not mean being prideful. It does not mean being... It does not mean being, uh, that's a tongue twister. It doesn't mean being something that you're not or being invisible. It means that you're worthy to stand there and you are. That it's okay that people see you standing there and you can use your voice. So now that we've talked about the physical, you, I mean, you're physically there, so own it. It's okay. You also want to teach your kids to own their space and not have to be invisible to be humble. Invisible and quiet does not equate to humble. If you look at Paul, Paul's life, he is incredibly humble, but he was outspoken he was direct, he owned his space, and he and he said what he had to say. He was incredibly confident and sometimes overbearing, I would say, sometimes um, boisterous. He was his presence was known, but his he was also humble in who he was and what he meant and who he followed and the purpose of what he had to say. He knew that what he had to say was so important that he had to step out of his own comfort zone and be a little more zealous. But I would not say that he was prideful. I think he's a good example of what owning our space looks like because he knew what he had to say was so important that he removed his own desires, his own, I mean, his fears and what he was about to go through, whatever the consequences were, he he put those aside based on what he knew that he needed to say, the gifts that God has given him, which takes me to this owning your space. Um, you know, we talked about physically, but now it's like emotionally, it's the just the being who you are 
You've got to be confident and understand in who you are and what you do. What do you bring to this world? Why did God create you? And step in confident as an action that you can grow in. You can increase your confidence by doing little things, by these micro actions, by saying yes every day, you are increasing your confidence. But owning your space and standing strong and saying and starting to recognize, recognize what you bring to the world, what you bring to the table, what you bring to this moment will help you own the space because it becomes more about the gifts you offer than you yourself. It's not a selfish thing. It becomes about serving in a way that God's created you to serve. So are you stepping into your gifts? Do you even know how? I mean, there's so many spiritual gifts and all these assessments and tests, but sometimes we have to stop and ask ourselves these simple questions to figure out what is different about me? What do I bring? What do people come to me for? And what is my perspective on this that makes it different that the world needs, that the people around me need, that my family needs, that my friends need, that I need to recognize and, and, and hone and embrace? What are they? And you know you haven't identified them if you're feeling overwhelmed or if there's a turmoil or a, a cognitive dissonance, if there's a, a unsettling or a like an... Un, or an unfulfillment, like you don't feel fulfilled and that you can, that you can confidently say and do what you were called, what you were made, what you were created to do. And I think we all have that innate desire to fulfill, to fulfill that, to um, recognize and embrace it. I think that that's where this, where we're feeling stuck and overwhelmed. And like I said, that turmoil that dissonance within our own, our, our heart, our minds, our bodies, our souls, like there's just not a settling that we can feel. And in Joshua 1.9, it says, Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So again, take that peace with you that as you're on this journey of self-discovery, which... I don't believe self-discovery is selfish. I think it's actually a way to really understand how the creator created you. How to, Because when you're on the self-discovery journey, you're actually going to learn a lot about Christ and who he called you to be and why he made you and how you push this back and how you use it to glorify him, which is our ultimate purpose. So on your self-discovery, know that he's with you wherever you go. And in Jeremiah 17, 8, it says, He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its root towards a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. So again, when you're looking for this, it's not about being productive all the time. It's not about producing good fruit all the time. That comes in seasons. You may be in a season of just standing up 
and owning where you are and who you are. And it may not be a season of doing yet, but actually learning how to be, be a human being and be yourself. And sometimes that's the most productive thing you can do is stop striving and doing all the things and quiet, quiet your soul, your mind, your body, and just focus on being who God created you to be. It is so life-giving and productive and restful and peaceful and you reconnect with the whole purpose of who you are in the first place. So briefly, I'm just going to give you a couple of questions that you can ask yourself when you're trying to figure out what space to own. A lot of times we say we don't know, but that's just our brains blocking because we do know. So, and it's simple. These questions are things that you ask yourself, but have you really sat down and given yourself that freedom, that peace, that space to answer them? Have you found a friend to talk it over with? Someone who is going to say, okay, we're going to put confidence or pride down and just step into confidence for a moment and have a candid conversation about what our lives look like and what it could look like if we owned who we are. So the first question is, what am I good at? I've realized that one of the things that sets me apart, one of the things that I'm really good at is looking at things from different perspectives. And at first you're like, well, that's the silver lining, you know, finding the, the good in everything. And though I can change perspectives to good, I don't think that's completely it. I think it's the fact that I can see how I can learn something or you can learn something from every from every situation, that perspective shift that I can do almost automatically, that I can see a couple of different ways to look at a situation. If I didn't stop and actually give myself the permission to identify that, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now. And so ask yourself, what are you actually good at? What do people come to you in for? I had a coaching call, which she realized that, and she was kind of embarrassed about it at first, but then we looked at it from a different perspective. She's really good at criticizing things, breaking them down. But the other thing she can do is she knows, she can see different ways to fix it. She can see down the line. She's an Enneagram six and she can see something and she knows in a way what's wrong with it and then other ways to fix it. That is a gift that she's actually creating her path based on instead of avoiding it and being ashamed of the fact that she can criticize things so easily and it comes so naturally to her, she's looking at it in a way that like, how can this be helpful? Now honing it so it's not hurtful as well, because when you criticize, no one comes and likes criticism. However, constructive criticism, understanding from a place of help instead of judgment that can be very helpful and enlightening and it could help move people forward. So what are you good at? What do people come to you for? What do you enjoy doing? What we, God didn't create us to do things. Like he says that his, his burden is light and that it's easy and that we, it's, you know, it's, I guess one of the secular things is like, it's in the flow. When you're doing something you're good at, and that you enjoy doing, it all kind of, it sinks together. 
you get energized by it instead of losing the energy, instead of forcing things. So don't discredit and give yourself that freedom to write down, well, what do I enjoy doing? And what about it do I really like? When you first look at what you enjoy doing, break it down of what parts of it do you enjoy? Break it down in, like, I love hearing people's stories and I love helping them see different perspectives. And really the part that I love is for them to see that there's other options out there. I love to see and to start listing different options and opportunities and look at hope from a different perspective. It's not just that I like helping people. It's that I you break that down even deeper. What is it specifically? Because that's even, you'll find other ways to use that. You'll find other ways. You'll start to see how that is a theme in everything you enjoy doing. What doesn't matter what area of life, whether it's family, kids, friends, sports, you know, PTA, or your job, or you'll be able to see elements of the things that I enjoy doing and what I'm good at. And then you can see why. What do people come to you for? Ask your friends this question and ask them, give them the freedom and to be like, listen, I want more than just for, you know, because I'm, I'm kind and I'm friendly and no, what do you think about me? When you have a problem, when you have a question, when you have something that concerns you, what puts my name in your mind? And then what do you do that brings you energy instead of draining it? Now, the things you're good at won't always bring you energy. But there's seasons, there's times, and but the majority of the time, because there's seasons that it won't. You won't, you'll, uh, things that you love doing will actually, you know, that's a season. Well, what am I trying to say here? Um, I think you know, I think there's, you know, there's times that when you just need to take a break when you're getting burnt out and those things that you love doing don't bring you joy and drain your energy, then that's when you need to take a shift and maybe you need to retreat and go back into that, that rest period to rejuvenate. But understanding what brings you energy. I love working with people one-on-one and in group settings. I love the interaction. I love the connection and the relationship building. I love that energy that it brings me. So what is it that you love, that you enjoy, that you love doing that brings you energy? If it's gardening, if getting your hands in that, that the dirt, the soil, and um, seeing all the, the fruits of your labor, what about it? Is it the fact that you can see the process? Is it the fact that you are working with tangible products? Is it, you know, the, the growth, the realizing that what you sow now, you can reap later. Like, what about that brings you energy? Is it the solitude, the fact that you get to work on your own or you get to work next to somebody and teach them? But get creative with exploring what you like and what specifically you like about it. Because even if you don't know your gifts, even if you don't know what your 1%, why God created you, you don't have to worry 
that you're doing the wrong thing. You don't have to worry about, you get to give yourself grace in these moments because the, the concept of owning your space is not necessarily meaning what you're doing, it's who you're being. It is not only just the physical space that you are in, but it's the mind space that you can that you're in as well. These gifts that God's given you, and everyone has these gifts. Everyone has this 1% that makes them different than everyone else in the world. It's about realizing that when you step in and own your space, you're actually giving other people permission to do the same. You're giving people that permission to see you in a new way and to recognize that you're not dimming your, when you are brightening your light, when you're owning your space, you're not stealing space from other people. Because I really believe in this abundance of, if we all stepped into who God created us to be, the world would be lifted. People's lives would be changed and we would go from feeling isolated and prideful to seeing how my gifts match and blend and enhance your gifts and yours, someone else's, and then mine again. And it's we can see how we God created this beautiful quilt of grace and comfort and love and kindness and compassion and how he's created our gifts that the world needs. All together, we can make a beautiful picture. So it's not about you owning your space is taking away from somebody else's. And I know I thought that for a long time, that if I was to step into what I, what I was supposed to do, one, I would be seen as prideful or uncaring or, but really it's that, that pride, like that I'm a know-it-all that is self-centered and that's not what it is when i step into the gifts that i help other people discover theirs it's not about me it's about bringing people to jesus it's about helping other people have see their purpose and have their confidence and your gifts may not be exactly the same it may not help others see their gifts but it does allow people to see the creativity of God and how we're all needed. So don't judge yourself based on what other people do or other people's gifts. Because remember, there's no gift that's greater than the others. There's no gift that is, well, yours is more important than mine. I don't believe that at all. I think all of them are so important And so when we judge our gifts against others, I think it's our brain's way of keeping us stuck. I think that that kind of lets us off the hook of, well, if mine's not important, then I don't need to hone it. Which when you're doing that, you're saying that who God created you to be, when you're saying that God was wrong or he made you less than, and that is so not true. I don't even think God believes and like works like that. he loves, he handcrafted each of us. And when we recognize our gifts and our, we own our space and we stand up and we're strong and we're vocal and we're visible, 
we're actually glorifying him and who he created us to be. I also think that this shows how we can't use the things that we've gone through as an excuse to dim our lights, to not own our space. And that's a whole nother conversation. I won't get into that now, but know that the things that we've been through, look at them through the lens of your gifts and your and what you bring to the world. But don't use them as an excuse to stay hidden, to play small, or to be invisible. That's not, that's not what God wants us to do. In Psalms 27, 5, he says, He will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. He's got you. He knows that when you're going through things, that he needs to protect you. He also knows that he needs to conceal things and that, and also this, that there is adversity. You're going to go through things. And I guarantee that the thing you went through is not the only thing you've been through. And it's not going to be the last thing. We go through things constantly. And so we need this reassurance. We need this, um, to build this evidence of owning our space, of standing on our two feet and recognizing who God created us to be. When we do that, those things that we go through, this adversity that we, that we experience, God will set us on a rock, high up on a rock. One, so our enemies can't touch us. And two, so we can have a bigger picture of what is going on. And three, as a place of protection, so we can have gain our strength through him. So when I say own your space, ladies, I mean stand in who you are. Play big. Take your small wins and own those. And then allow those to become these big transformations, these big goals and visions that you have. They will lead you there. It's time that we set down excuses and we use the invisibility and I'm not good enough or I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know the path or the right thing. It's it's time that we stop giving ourselves excuses and we take the action to step into who we were called to be. When you do that, God will redeem your steps. It doesn't the the action doesn't mat- matter as much as the journey. It doesn't, the action doesn't matter as much as the attitude, the attitude of gratitude, as we all like to say, that attitude of, of humbleness, get confident, that attitude like Paul, where we know that what we have to say and do is so important. It doesn't matter the consequences because we're, we're firm. We're confident in our Lord. Okay. I know, I well, I hope that you guys are getting a little bit motivated. I hope that you're starting to see the possibilities that if, and realize that you can start to own your space. I have a workshop coming up. It's going to be on June 30th at 10 a.m. Central Time. And what we're going to do is I'm going to share with you why what you've been doing hasn't been working. And 
when you're ready to thrive, how to win today. The first step in thriving through life is winning today. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And and that's my promise to you is when you are out of the workshop, you're going to know why what you've been doing hasn't been working and how to win today. And if it sounds simple, it really is. And that's why I, I want to break it down into a way that is actionable and inspiring versus just adding more things to your to-do list. So the registration will be open soon. I will put it in the show notes here as soon as I get it um, get it going, but it'll, you'll find it on my website. You'll find it on social media. You'll find it everywhere. I, I want you to come to this workshop. It's not going to be long. I will keep it under an hour, um, but I will take some question and answers. Like I'm, I'm going to try to keep it down 20, 30 minutes and then allow you guys to ask your questions. So that way we can really get to the heart of what is stopping you from having the thriving life that you're looking for. So when you're ready to go from striving to thriving, and I hope that you're ready right now. I hope that with this, you're just, you're embracing the fact that you're ready to stop playing small and stop being invisible and own your space, whatever that may look like. And it doesn't have to look today like it will tomorrow. It's going to be micro steps, micro decisions, and but it's going to be changing the way we think about how God's created us. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Lean not on your understanding. A lot of times we have to do things before we have an understanding. We have to take steps before we see the path. This is going to give you a path to go on. This is going to give you a a journey. This is going to give you the steps so you can start to act and so he can make your path straight. So I hope to see you there. Please, please, please join me. I don't want to do this by myself, but I'm going to show up anyway because I know how important it is and how you need somebody else to say, hey, step up in this space with me. And that's what people have done for me and that's what I want to do for you. So with that, I will close.